Welcome to As I Live and Grieve, a podcast that tells the truth about how hard this is. We're glad you joined us today. We know how hard it is to lose someone you love and how well-intentioned friends and family try so hard to comfort us. We created this podcast to provide you with comfort, knowledge, and support. We are grief advocates, not professionals, not licensed therapists. We are you. Today we are speaking with Gary Rowe. Multiple award-winning author, speaker, and grief specialist Gary Rowe is a compassionate and trusted voice in grief recovery who has been bringing comfort, hope, encouragement, and healing to hurting, wounded hearts for more than 30 years. Gary is the author of more than a dozen books, including the award-winning bestsellers Shattered, Surviving the Loss of a Child, Comfort for Grieving Hearts, Heartbroken, Healing from the Loss of a Spouse, and Teen Grief, Caring for the Grieving Teenage Heart. Gary has been featured on Dr. Laura, Wellness.com, BeliefNet, CBN, The Daily Positive, Thrive Global, and other major media and has well over 700 grief-related articles in print. He is a popular keynote, conference, and seminar speaker at a wide variety of venues. A former college minister, missionary in Japan, entrepreneur in Hawaii, and pastor in Texas and Washington, Gary now serves as a writer, speaker, chaplain, and grief counselor with Hospice Brazos Valley in Central Texas. Gary loves being a husband and father. He has seven adopted children, including three daughters from Colombia. He enjoys hockey, corny jokes, good puns, and colorful Hawaiian shirts. Gary and his wife Jen and family live in Texas. Thanks so much for joining us today, Gary. You are indeed a prolific writer, and you've authored a number of books to help those journeying through grief. The one that caught my eye is your book, Surviving the Holidays Without You, Navigating Grief During Special Seasons. First of all, I want to tell you how much I really appreciated special seasons, because that can mean so much. It's not just Christmas. It's any holiday, it's any special event, any milestone, whether it be a birthday, an anniversary, or whatever. So we're going to talk more about getting through the holidays, but I wonder first if you could take just a few minutes and share some of your experience, your background, and tell our listeners what brought you to this point in your career. Oh, thank you. First of all, I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me. it's it's always an honor to get to talk about this subject. It's not a subject that everybody says, woohoo, I get to, you know, let's address this subject. But it's it's one that's so important because it impacts our hearts and we live from our hearts. So um, it's very significant. Um, many people ask me when they hear what I do, how in the world did you get into that? Well, um, I'm going to give you a brief history and I'll try to go quickly here. Uh, my background was not the best. I um, lost chunks of my childhood to uh, the evil of sexual abuse, um, multiple perpetrators over multiple years. Uh, Two grandfathers died before I ever really knew who they were by the time I was five years old. Uh, One grandmother never knew who I was because of dementia. And we had multiple family losses uh, before I was 10 years old. Now, uh, I was always hiding out in the living room behind a couch or under a table or something when my parents got the news of these losses. And so um, I really wasn't supposed to be there, but I, I heard these discussions. I felt the grief in the room. Uh, my parents' relationship wasn't good. It was very volatile. We had a very angry household that 
bounce back and forth from cold, silent anger to explosive anger. My mom had actually been drifting into mental illness for a number of years, but we didn't really know what that was in the 1960s and 70s, or much less what to do about it. We just knew that something was off. I lost a best friend when I was in seventh grade. He sat right in front of me in homeroom and he never came back from Christmas break. Uh, We found out later the teacher told us that he had died of spinal meningitis over the break. Perfectly healthy kid before that, athlete, great student, good friend. And that's the first time I can ever remember asking myself the question, why? That, That one didn't make any sense to me. So I got to spend the rest of my seventh grade year starting every day looking at that empty desk, and it had a profound impact on me. Uh, Soon after that, my parents separated uh, and divorced, and I, by default, I lived with my mom. She had a mental breakdown, which caused me to bounce over and live with my dad. I had six months with my dad, great six months, and then he, uh, one Sunday afternoon, dropped in front of me of a heart attack, never regained consciousness, and died a week later. I'm grateful for that week, however. I'm grateful that they got his heart resuscitated because it gave me the opportunity as a 15-year-old to go into the cardiac care unit a couple of times a day, you know, very restricted visitation, and just hold his hand, sit by his bed, tell him the things I wanted to say, um, ask forgiveness, all of those important, important, important things when we lose a loved one. And then after a week, I have one brother who's 14 years older than I am, so he was He was pushing 30 at the time, and I'm half that at 15. And uh, the doctors asked for permission to turn off life support, and we nodded our heads. And I can remember when I nodded my head thinking, well, my life as I know it is over. Soon after that, my mom got out of psychiatric care, moved into the apartment that my dad and I were living in. Uh, She really wasn't any better. and, And a couple of weeks after that, made a suicide attempt and I somehow flew under the radar for a couple of weeks living in the apartment by myself. Thankfully, I was a I was a competitive swimmer and I was very immersed in my high school and so I was busy all the time. If I wasn't in the pool, I was at school and if I wasn't at school, I was home doing homework and if I wasn't with them, I was with my friends on the swim team out of town at swim meets, etc. and I I was very connected with swimming families and that meant their parents as well. And that turned out to be a really healthy thing. In fact, one of those families, after a couple of weeks on my own, came and knocked on my door. And the dad and his oldest son, who was one of my best friends, just asked me to come live with them. They already had four kids. Uh, I was a real oddball. They They were this kind of picturesque Norman Rockwell, perfect sort of family, you know, from the outside. And, and really, they were from the inside, too, which, is, which was a real shock. And, and I can remember to this day, uh, my mom drove me over there and we rang the doorbell. I had my suitcases. They opened the door and my mom said, here's Gary. I'm going to Vegas. And turned around, got in her car and drove off. And I didn't oh, see her for a number of years. I just share that, not, not to discredit my mother, but to say mental illness is a, it is such a challenge, mm-hmm. uh, especially if it isn't treated well or properly medicated Absolutely. or dealt etc. Now, I wanted the ground to open up and swallow me at that point. Mm-hmm. But this family, uh, once my mom drove away, they didn't want her to see this, but they came out and wrapped me in a bear hug, took me inside, took me into their kitchen. And on the island, was this three-layer chocolate cake, and on top of it, it said, welcome home. 
Now, no paperwork was ever filed here. There was no adoption process of any kind. There was no guardianship even. And, but they just took me in and I didn't know it. Yeah, my life as I knew it was over, but I was about to get a huge reboot <laughs> with this family right. in, a, in a lot of positive ways. They were so affirming, so loving, and it allowed me to experience a different sort of family, really a healthy family and be immersed in that for two or three years. And when I left their household and I went to college, I can remember on the drive telling myself, okay, life is not what I expected it to be, and I'm going to get hit. I have, I'm under no illusion that it's going to be smooth from here on out because it hadn't been smooth so far. So I have to figure out a way to handle the hits of life, and not just that. I have to figure out a way somehow to take the hits, the losses, and turn around and use them for good. Because if I can't do that, then what's the point of all of this? Mm-hmm. So surprise, I ended up studying psychology, uh, trying to heal and grow myself, being surrounded by other hurting people who are trying to heal and grow. Uh, after graduation from college, went to seminary, uh, became a, a college minister, and then after that, a, a church planting missionary in Japan. And then 20 plus years as a pastor in Texas and Washington State. And now I'm in my 11th year uh, with um, an organization called Hospice Brazos Valley, operating as a chaplain, author, speaker, and grief specialist, whatever that is. You know, that's just a title that uh, that they gave me. And I wish I could say I haven't had any more losses since I was 15, but we both, we all know better, right? There have been big ones, significant ones, debilitating ones, ones that broke my heart, shattered my heart, crushed my heart. And so the same principle still holds for me. Take the hits. I can't control what happens around me or to me so so many times. But how can I turn around and use this for good and use this to somehow turn pain into purpose and to overcome adversity? Because so much of life, is about overcoming, right. in my opinion. Right. Wow, Gary, everything you've been through and you still managed to keep a smile on your face. I truly mm-hmm. admire that. We're fast approaching the holiday season. In fact, just last week we celebrated Thanksgiving. Holidays are difficult for those who have lost someone special. And this year with the pandemic, I worry that it'll be even more stressful for everyone. You have eight tips for handling grief in the holidays. We would love it if you could share those tips. Oh, and for our listeners, we'll share the link for you to get your very own free copy of these tips at the end of today's episode. Well, first of all, you're absolutely right. This year will be more stressful. Isn't that, isn't that sad? I mean, I, I, hate to, I hate to say that. Hopefully, I'm not popping anybody's bubble with that. Um, <laughs> But, um, you you know, it is going to be more stressful. COVID and and the pandemic and restrictions and what many people have already been through. uh, We've all had huge, significant losses as a result of this pandemic. Perhaps if we haven't lost people, we've lost a sense of safety, a sense of security, predictability, all routine. Our routine has been upended. And that messes with our sense of order. It, it shows us clearly that any um, illusions of control we had were absolutely wrong. We're, we're really not in control. And that leaves us feeling very uncertain, anxious. Uh, it can cause depression, fear, anxiety, terror, panic, and a whole lot of other things too. 
So the holidays are hard, period. We're hyper aware of who's missing during the holidays because everywhere we go, everything reminds us pretty much of the past, good memories, painful memories, people who are no longer here, etc. So these eight tips, I'll just go through them and feel free to stop and ask me questions or whatever as we as we go along here. The, the first tip, and it may be the most significant of the eight tips, is to be kind to yourself during the holidays and during special seasons. When a birthday or an anniversary or Thanksgiving or Christmas or that special day is coming, uh, your heart will know that even if you don't notice it on the calendar, your heart will make you aware of it. So be kind to yourself. Put it this way, you've lost someone special. And so your life is different now. It could be that your loss was so significant that literally everything in your world has changed. So it feels, and so it may actually be that way. So being kind to yourself in this time of upheaval is huge. So first of all, be kind to yourself. A second tip, know that it's okay to hurt even during the holidays. I mean, everybody else is saying, follow, you know, it's fa-la-la-la-la, right? It is the season <laughs> to be jolly. Well, not for all of us. And, you know, this is, I hate to say, not a positive part of COVID, but at least everybody's in the same boat with regard to uh, the COVID era and the pandemic, pretty much. There are some places, of course, that are very locked down and some that are uh, still very, very open. But for all of us, there are restrictions involved in this season that make this holiday different from any other holiday that we have experienced. And so if you've lost someone, someone is missing. That hurts. We're designed for relationship and connection, not for separation. And so it's okay to hurt. So remind yourself during the holidays, it's okay to grieve. Uh, you know, my grief really expresses my love for my loved one. And so because I loved and because I love them still, I'm going to grieve and expressing that grief and hurting is okay. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Uh, the third tip is to accept that this holiday will be different. You know, thankfully, because of COVID, we already know that this holiday is going to be different. But if we've lost someone during this past year, this holiday is going to be very, very, very different. We just don't have COVID to deal with. We have this elephant in the room, uh, our deceased, departed loved one that will be in every room that we go into because we will be constantly thinking about them. They will be on our hearts and minds, even when we're not aware of it. And so accepting this holiday will be different accepting that your grief is going to get triggered by a bunch of memories, uh, that anything can trigger your grief. And when your grief gets triggered, it's okay. You loved them. And so you're grieving. It's okay to hurt. And it's okay to accept that this holiday will be different. The fourth tip is, and this is a biggie, to somehow manage your own expectations and other people's expectations too. Expectations, it's been said, are an invitation to disappointment. And we all have expectations of ourselves during these holidays. What are yours? Do you, do you expect yourself to be upbeat? Do you expect yourself to be able to pull it together and perform in certain situations? Do you expect to put a happy face on this when you go out to Walmart or shopping? If you do that, what are your expectations of yourself? And are they realistic 
knowing that a great deal of your heart right now is being gobbled up by grief. And the result of that is there's just less of you left to do the normal holidays, which are not going to be normal this year at all. So the next thing is others have expectations of you. Others have expectations of where you're going to be, what you're going to do, when you're going to show up, what you're going to be like, etc. And so a good thing is probably letting them know, you know, I am really missing John this year. I am really missing Sandy, of course. Uh, we all know that your father died this year, etc. And say, this holiday is going to be different. So uh, because of that and because of COVID, I'm going to do things differently this year, but I don't know what that looks like yet. And that leaves it open for you. And ev that manages everyone else's expectations. They'll say, oh, she or he is going to do things different this year. I don't know what that means, but they're going to do things different. So managing your own expectations and others' expectations, you get to decide within the era of COVID <laughs> restrictions where to go, what to do, whom to do it with, and what to engage in. What's realistic? What's healthy? for you. That's the fourth tip. The fifth tip is very simple. We all need time alone when we're grieving, but we need to be careful not to isolate ourselves. We need other people, interaction with other people, face-to-face -face interaction, even if it's with a mask on. We need that. And so getting the time alone we need while being careful not to isolate, getting the time we need with other people too. And that leads to the sixth tip which is spend time with safe people. Spend time with safe people. Now, people ask me all the time, safe people, you know, what's a safe person? Because we all have an idea kind of of what that is, but let me define it from my point of view here. Uh, a safe person is someone who has the ability to enter your world, enter your grief and your pain and your suffering and just exist with you in your world. They don't give you advice you haven't asked for. They don't try to fix the unfixable. They don't try to help you feel better somehow because that's impossible too. Instead, they just accept you as you are in the moment with all your stuff. And their only agenda is to love you. Stephanie is my safe person. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Now, having said that, of course, Nobody is 100% safe all the time. <laughs> we all have, you know, our weak moments, our moments when we're in a hurry, our moments when we're thinking about other things and all of those things. But there are some people out there that are mostly safe. Mm -hmm. And I have found that if you have trouble finding safe people, here's a little secret for you. How do you find safe people? Be a safe person. Be the safest person you know how to be. Don't give advice that hasn't been asked for. Don't try to fix other people. Meet other people where they are. Let it be about them. Exist in their world. Love them as they are in the moment. As you do that, it's amazing. Other safe people will just come out of the woodwork. Uh, it's like we have safe people have an antenna to recognize other safe people. But you need safe people in your life. When you're with a safe person, your heart begins to relax a little bit. And you need that. And then seventh, the opposite of a safe person, of course, is someone that is unhelpful for you. And you need to limit your time and your exposure with people who aren't helpful for you. Now, many people, when I say that, they shake their heads and go, it's the holidays and those unhelpful people are my own family. <laughs> now in the world, or what if it's my spouse that's unhelpful, etc.? Then you have to go a little step further 
and uh, do what wise King Solomon said 3,000 years ago, believe it or not. He said, this is really the secret to life. Above all else, he says, above all else, guard your heart. For it is the spring from which everything else in your life flows. Our hearts are always under assault in some shape, form, or fashion. So we need to get good at guarding them. And so if we have to be around people that are unhelpful to us, let's just be sure we don't put ourselves out there so far that we get our hearts stepped on again. And so guard your heart when you're with someone who's unhelpful to you. And as much as possible, limit your exposure to that. And I'll go a step further. Limit your exposure to information that is not helpful to you these holidays. You know, what you choose to look at in the media, what you choose to look at entertainment wise, what you expose your heart to is very important all the time. But especially when you're grieving, you need some positive healing, reinforcing, reassuring voices and messages coming in. And all of that leads to the eighth tip. Uh, for handling the holidays well, and that is find ways to honor your loved one. Now, I really like this one, so I'm going to go off on this. I do too. Yep. (laughs) Find ways to honor your loved one. So here's my suggestion. Make a simple plan. It can be very simple. It can be as simple as lighting a candle in their honor. It can be as simple as giving a donation in their name. Serving somewhere in their name, even within COVID restrictions, there are those possibilities out there. Engaging in a cause that was really important to them. Or it can be a little a little more elaborate, which is involving other people and saying, you know what, uh, we're missing John this year and I'm going to go buy a John a card for Christmas. And uh, that reminds me of him. And when you all come to the house, when, when we gather as a family to, to celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas, I would like for you to go buy a card too. Would you be willing to do that? Just buy you a card that that reminds you of John. And then we're all going to share our cards. I know that'll be hard. and I know it'll be emotional. But you know what? He's a part of this holiday. And we're going to include him, even though he's not with us. That's an example. You have to get creative. But again, some people, it's just that we are so burdened by our grief and so overwhelmed. Just do something simple. But if you have more time and more energy to put into it, put some creativity into it and think of ways to remember intentionally, remember and honor your loved one this holiday. If you don't do that, I promise you this is what will happen. They will invade your holiday anyway. (laughs) And, And grief will be all over the place. And that's okay. These times will be emotional. They will elicit grief. But this is good. Uh, So much of grief is literally getting it out. And when you invite other people into that process, you give them a huge gift because they get to grieve with you and you give yourself a huge gift. You get to grieve with them. And it sends this message to everyone, all of these tips, that it's okay to be kind to ourselves, that it's okay to hurt over the holidays. So those are just eight quick tips. Um, Be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. Know that it's okay to hurt except that this holiday will be different, but it can still be good. Decide what's realistic. Manage your own expectations and the expectations of other people if you can. Get the time alone you need, but engage with other people. Spend time with safe people, but limit your exposure to people who aren't helpful to you. And then find ways to honor your loved one. So many great ideas in those tips, Gary. Um, 
our listeners, of course, can't see because we're audio only, but I had to reach for a tissue. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wish our paths had crossed when I was struggling with the holidays after I lost my husband. Because these are terrific resources for people who are grieving. I also think that they're very important for people who are supporting someone who has suffered a loss because they can help that person better by understanding these tips. Because at that point in your life, the last thing you feel you have is any control over anything at all. These, so these are great choices. In fact, they're such good ideas at any time. If you had to pick one of these tips, what would your choice be, Gary? Do you have a favorite of all the eight? I know you were real happy with number eight. Is that your favorite or is there another one? I I think um, I think it's really number one, be kind to yourself. Okay. And the reason I say that is that's kind of the umbrella under which all the other seven hang, if you can picture that. Because if you can't be kind to yourself, none of these others are really going to work well. And so being able to cut yourself some slack, being gracious to yourself and know that loving other people begins with loving ourselves well. We can't give away what we don't have. And so taking good care of ourselves is probably one of the best gifts we can give to everyone around us. And one of the best ways we can honor our loved one is being kind to ourselves, I think. Absolutely. I totally agree. Gary, the holidays are going to be here and gone quickly. I cannot mm. believe we're almost into December. But when you're grieving, it's only when you look back that you really notice how fast the time went. Our time is running short for today, but I don't want to leave until I give you a chance to let our listeners know what they will find if they visit your website. And please come visit me. <laughs> I, I have several times already. <laughs> I, I say come visit me because one of the things you need to know um, if you're listening is that you can feel free to ask me a question via email. There's these little contact Gary boxes on almost every page of my website. I have a commitment to read and respond to every email. And when you get a response, yes, that will actually be me. It won't be a robot and it won't be cut and pasted and et cetera. There are num my resource my website is built as a grief recovery resource site. So there is a resources tab there, and everything under the resources tab is free. There are several free ebooks. There's free PDFs, including the one we've mentioned today, the eight tips for handling holiday grief. Um, there's also a, a an email mini course called the Good Grief Mini Course. Again, all of these resources are free. You just plug in your email address, and it appears. Uh, in your inbox. There's also a books tab that, that lists uh, my books and gives you more information about each one. You can even download a free excerpt of a book just to see if it kind of fits with where you are. There's also free articles, videos, etc. So I invite you to just come visit me at GaryRoe.com, G-A-R-Y-R-O-E.com, and just look around, uh, see if there's anything that resonates with where you are because I'm here to help if I can, because boy, there's a lot of pain out there. And so many times we hide it from each other. I wish when we walked into Walmart, for instance, there was a little sign above everyone's head who's grieving so that we would know, oh my goodness, we would see so many other people that are on the same grief road, different losses, 
but the same grief road. And I think we would be encouraged and reassured by that. Love that. That's all for today, everyone. Gary, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us. I don't know you have how you have time to do everything that you do <laughs> and all the books you write and have written and everything. Um, I hope we can get you to come back sometime and share, share some more with us. Uh, and to our listeners, thank you for listening. I hope you heard something in this episode that will bring you back as well. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Kathy. Honored. Would love to come back. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening with us today. We hope you will find a moment to leave a review, send an email, and share with others. Join us next time as we continue to live and grieve together.